Hello, fun seekers, and welcome to Cool Breeze Over the Mountains, a podcast where we chronologically step through and discuss each film starring Keanu Reeves. My name is Andrew Gormley, and I am one of your hosts. I am joined on this episode and every episode by my co-host. She's putting spells on every damn body in town, Whitney Nelson. That's me. <laughs> Hello, everybody. And sometimes he don't know the difference between his head and his soul, Evan Wells. <laughs> Most times, let's be clear. <laughs> right. Most times, I feel like that's appropriate. <laughs> yeah. This movie had some better lines for, for both of you. I feel, I feel good about this one. We'll get into yeah. that, mm-hmm. though. Mm-hmm. Up top. I want to mention, you can find the website coolbreezepod.com, email us coolbreezepod at gmail.com, or hit us up on Twitter at coolbreezepod. If you're watching live on Periscope, thank you for joining us. We see you. Please feel free to drop some comments and some hearts and all that other good stuff that you could do there. If you like what we do and you want to support it directly, join us on Patreon, patreon.com slash coolbreezepod. Do all these extra stickers, all this good stuff. If you don't want to throw any bucks our way, a review on iTunes is a super helpful way. I, I downloaded the new podcasts app uh, when i upgraded to the new operating system it's incredibly difficult to find a way to leave a review now there's no way to like link directly to it i kind of hate it that's a real bummer yeah it's it sucks really it truly does but you know if you do take the time many many thanks go to you yes we have some breaking keanu's breaking keanu's here This is just something worth mentioning really, really briefly. Friend of the show and last week's special guest, Asia Romano, has written an article about Keanu's new relationship. This is kind of big news. The Internet's boyfriend is now someone's actual boyfriend. Um, Yeah, it's been (laughs) sent to me a lot of times. (laughs) Right. I've received it. I've received it a lot as well. Uh, I definitely recommend checking out uh, Asia's article. Kind of puts this in perspective. Uh, We're talking, of course, about Alexandra Grant. They showed up to, a, I believe it was a premiere or, or some kind of event together over the weekend. They looked extremely happy. It was great. Holding hands, all this stuff. I just thought this was worth mentioning up top because as a tweet so eloquently put it, the one thing we can all agree on is Keanu Reeves' happiness. He, he crosses yep. all <laughs> borders and boundaries. Yep. Absolutely. So, Ev, huh. what are we talking about today? Oh, man. We are talking about a really great movie okay it's called the gift and uh there's actually a couple of these so this is the gift from 2000 just to clarify because <laughs> i might have looked at the wrong one Not the two- um, <laughs> did you watch the wrong one or just look at the no, wrong one no. okay all right <laughs> you were like at the end of the 2015 the gift and you're like where <laughs> yeah. is keanu wait jeez i didn't, didn't even see him he really disappeared <laughs> into the role for this one <laughs> um The plot synopsis, according to IMDb, is as follows. A woman with extrasensory perception is asked to help find a young woman who has disappeared. This was directed by Sam Raimi? Raimi? Raimi, yeah, yeah. Raimi. Who you no no doubt know from his work on The Evil Dead and the original Spider-Man trilogies. Yeah. Another interesting note uh, is that one of the co-writers of this film is Billy Bob Thornton. The Billy um, Bob, yeah. Th- yeah, that's true. <laughs> yep, the one and only. <laughs> Pretty great creep. Um, <laughs> co-starring alongside Keanu in this film is, yeah, actually quite an impressive list of names. The cast in this is for Dom. It's yeah. nuts. Kate uh, Blanchett, Giovanni Ribisi, Katie Holmes, Greg Kinnear, Hilary Swank, Greg Cole, and J.K. Simmons. So uh, it's actually really fun to watch for that reason because you just keep seeing, like, incredible Actors and actresses, and 
that you know that's just fun even late even late in the movie like second act like that's when i mean well getting into the second act that's like when jk shows up you're like holy shit it's like just more people keep showing up it's pretty cool yeah it's one of those movies that if you watch it with your parents one of them is going to say that's that guy from uh and they start snapping their fingers Um, yeah he was in uh you know um and so that's what's fun about it got it but whitney yes what did uh what did the critics and audiences think of this here film well, we have a, a critical reception of 57% and an audience score of 55%. Yeah. I don't know that that's what I would have expected after having seen it. Um, I would have expected higher than that. For both mm-hmm. or just from, one from or the both other? Camps, oh. Both camps, but mostly audience. I, uh, I can definitely see what, what the critics are saying. And I have some like, I'm not sure where I fall on the scale with this movie either. Um, so I'm probably right around the 50, 50 mark for me as well. Cause it was a lot that was good and a lot that didn't work for me. Yeah. So, but yeah. I, 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 it was all in all a hundred percent about the cast and every single one of the cast turned in good performances. So when mm. you see like a 55% score from the audience, I, I just, I think that it was more engaging than, than the audience score is giving it credit for, mm-hmm. even if it's not the best movie I've ever seen. Um, huh. We've got a critic quote from John Hartle of the Seattle Times, who says, Raimi's latest picture, The Gift, looks like an attempt to create a classier version of the kind of horror movie that established his reputation nearly two decades ago. Mm. And I think that's probably pretty apt. Yeah. Uh, and then we've got a user quote uh, from Rotten Tomatoes. Riff J gave it three out of five stars. And he says, this was a pretty good thriller that had horror vibes. It's not particularly scary, but it's interesting from beginning to end. The premise is sound and the acting is very good. Not much to complain about. I like that. Mm-hmm. I'll take that. Thanks, Riff. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's more or less where I, I fell on the, on the end of yeah. things, but. So we also have a listener review uh, from Christina, who sent us her thoughts on this movie. All right, The Gift. Um, I think it's safe to say that uh, this is one of the most despicable characters Keanu has ever played by a long shot. And it hits even harder because this is kind of a major follow-up to The Matrix. We've so used to seeing Keanu play heroes, and now he's this cruel woman beating racist and i think not only does he play it convincingly sam raimi knew how to direct him and to properly kind of use his menace in a way nobody ever had before and i think very few people have accomplished since i i'll be honest i really love seeing keanu play against type and really throw himself into it no matter how evil of a character it is and for no reason other than that, I think this is really, a, you know, people should check it out. Boom. Oh, I love it. We are all on the same page with that. That yeah, is yeah, 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 yeah. Very well worded, I love it. but that's yeah. This is great. Thanks, Christina. That's awesome. Nice work. I'm just gonna dive right in. I am not much of a scary movie person. Yeah. Uh, I tend to stay away from them for a couple reasons. Um, one, I don't like that sensation of being scared but also (laughs) i sometimes i find it hard to relate to scary movies because 
you know, every now and then the, the plot lines are like a little ridiculous. Like, okay, don't mm-hmm. go get in your shower if you think there's someone in your house. Like, just don't do that. <laughs> but that said, uh, I like a good thriller. So this was this was definitely I like that's why I like that review because this was definitely on the line of thriller and like scary or horror, however you want to say that. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know about horror, right? I, I think horror is is a little bit more of like gushing blood and and like ear piercing screams and stuff, which there was some of that, but yeah, I don't I don't know if we have to of, debate like, jump that. Scares. Yeah, so that that's I think the other took thing. Took it from thriller to horror. Like when you say there's a little bit of horror, that's the kind of stuff that I think people are talking about. Is that because mm-hmm. like thrillers just ramp up tension and keep it going, and that's what yeah. makes them thrillers. Horror has scares, and this movie had a couple of like jump scares in it. So I think I yeah. think that that's the kind of like notes of horror that people are talking about. But overall, I would not consider it a horror movie. Yeah, yeah. So that that jump thing is the other piece I want to talk about, and. I don't like it feels like a cheap way to scare someone. Oh, yeah. And and I don't like that. I don't I don't know if we've talked about that before, but I it I, it has like I hate the reaction that I have to jumps in movies <laughs> like it. it I feel it all. It goes like down to my feet and and it, I hate it like with a passion, like I curse at the screen. So <laughs> like when those when you knew they were coming, they were really good about the music. You're really good about setting up the jumps. And honestly, the way that they framed them was cool, like that how it worked, how it was like her visions and stuff that that gave it a little bit more color than just like a guy jumping out of a closet with a knife. You know, like you were you were kind of connecting with her and almost feeling bad that she was like stricken with these terribly scary visions. So that was that was neat. Um, But overall, the I thought it was good, like on all these bullets, the, the pacing was good. Um, I thought the plot was cool. Like one of the reviews, you know, it was different, um, at least from an originality perspective. I think there's going to be classically, there's going to be those moments in these kinds of movies where you're like, okay, that guy did it. Or yeah, she's going to be there or there's going to be a dead person. Fine. But still overall, like the arc I think was cool. Um, and the way that they developed Annie, I thought was great. Mm -hmm. Um, the way that they developed Buddy was really great. Yeah. Like his character was unreal. Um, and so even Keanu's character, he was kind of an asshole the whole time, but you got to see him in a few different kind of, um, characters, if you will. And so for Keanu, I thought it, I thought, uh, this might sound bad, but I thought he like really nailed this role. And and I, I don't want to say that because he's playing like one of the worst people. Sure. Definitely. (laughs) And, and it's weird to be good at that, but at the same time, you know, it, this falls into, this falls more into like the action hero side of acting than it does into like the romantic side of acting. Right. And so I think that's why we're seeing him succeed in this. Like when he gets energized and angry and, and serious is when he is like at his best. So all of that lent itself to this role. Um, and then from a technical perspective, I was actually pretty impressed with the effects. I thought they were better than they, they were going to be. They surprisingly well. Yeah. Um, and especially with some of the stuff they were trying to get across, like a woman floating in the water in a tree. Like that's tough to depict um, because it goes against a lot of physics. But they still <laughs> like nailed that. Um, and even some of the makeup and some of that stuff, the corpses, like all of that, 
um, I thought was good. So good work on the editing, good work on, on kind of presenting it on the screen in general. So I, I, yeah, I, I thought it worked for me. Great. Yeah. Whitney, do you want to, do you want to pick up where I've left off? Yeah. I mean, I agree with a lot of it. I think, um, the main character has a very, very good amount of character development. I think she's incredibly, and I don't necessarily, I mean, that's not to say that it's, uh, Kate Blanchett didn't do a good job because she did an incredible job, but I also think that it was well written for like the, the characters all felt three dimensional. Yeah. Which I especially find with movies that take place in the South, they tend to be more caricatures and not three dimensional people. Um, and this one was very much, they were all three dimensional people. So I feel like the characters were great. I feel like her story was great. I totally agree on Keanu. I think this is a very good example of of the difference between when he is in it, when he's making a movie, and when he's not. When you compare yeah. what we just watched oh, last yeah. week <laughs> with what we watched this time. They're both yep. very different characters, but they're also both unhinged. They're all, both unsettling. And one I didn't buy at all, and the other one I bought completely and I think was an incredible role for him. Yeah. And I think that's just the uh, amount of like, and he even said with, uh, what was it, Dracula, that he was like, I shouldn't have taken that movie. I didn't, I wasn't in it. And uh, I think that that's really where it falls down to is he is good when he's in it every time. He can play a crazy person. You know, obviously the serial killer in the other movie was different. Um, yeah. But I just think that this is a really right. shining example, p p pitting those two up against one another. He did them back to back. And it's like, oh, there's such a world of difference in those performances. Hmm. Um, I think pacing and plot are the downfalls of this movie. Yep. I think hmm. that as soon as they pull the body out of the pond, it goes downhill. The first 50 minutes of this movie are great. They oh, are yeah. very well paced. They are tense. Um, they are giving you a bunch of clues as to the potential people in this town that it might be, but they're not leaning too far in any one direction. The ramping up the tension with Keanu's character in, alongside of tension ramping up in other areas too. It's just, I feel like the first 50 minutes of this movie are great. I feel like things go downhill as soon as we're done at the pond and pulling the body out and we can you know, spoiler alert for what we're going to talk about in like 20 minutes. There's a body in a lake, a pond. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I feel like it becomes very unfocused. I feel like we start switching who's telling what story and why, um, where we didn't for the first half of the movie. Like I felt like it was set up beautifully and I was very engaged and it just started meandering and they, there was still some tension there. And I think that's due to the performances. Like it, it kept me watching but I was far less interested in the back half of this film mm -hmm. than I was in the first half. Um, and I think that that's really kind of where, where they, it, it let me down personally. And I think that the number one like trope of movies like this is that it's the fiance. <laughs> yep. And I feel oh, yeah. like they didn't do a good enough job of making it not Greg Kinnear. Because the whole time I was like, it's Greg Kinnear. Guys, it's Greg Kinnear. Guys, it's Greg <laughs> I Kinnear. Actually, Greg I Kinnear actually didn't did do it. that. <laughs> I didn't. No, really? I did the whole time. No, I didn't. 
And there was once or twice where they tried to make you think it was Giovanni Ravisi. Yeah. Um, yep. And I thought that was interesting when they're pulling in different people. Obviously, the lawyer, that was a good one. Like, I like the red herrings that they have, but I don't yeah. think that they leaned on any of them hard enough because the whole time I was like, well, obviously, it's Greg Kinnear. <laughs> obviously. Come on, everyone. <laughs> and then it was Greg think- Kinnear, so. I, I was too worried about the next jump that I was, like, ignoring yeah. that it was him. The, there were a couple of jump scares. So I did, like, this horror movie challenge in October where I watched, oh, what was it, like, 36 movies in 30 days. Jesus. And I So I've, I watched a lot of horror movies. And I'm really not usually a horror movie person, but it was really fun. It was an interesting exercise. It actually reminded me a lot of doing this podcast because it was a lot of stuff that I would never have ever seen otherwise. I would never have sought it out except for I had to, like... You know, one of the challenges was um, there has to be an actor in the movie that died this year. Whoa. So in the last calendar year, from last Halloween to this Halloween, they have to have died. And and so you've got to find any movie with someone who's died in the last year that was a horror movie and that kind of stuff. But I didn't jump in most of them. Like I jumped two or three times in this movie. The, the, uh, (laughs) The jump scares were very, very jumpy. Yeah. That's a I Sam. Agree. That's a Sam Raimi thing. Yeah, that lightning like thirty seconds in really <laughs> oh, got yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, really got me because you're oh, still God. in the establishing shots. You had no idea that was coming. And I just want to say before I wrap up and we and we move on to Andrew's thoughts, I have been I stand Giovanni Ribisi. I have since he was in the X Files episode. Yes. Um, <laughs> prior to him having any but then when he did something so different and out of character and sky captain in the world of tomorrow although i don't like that movie he's his performance is incredible and i just think that he and then if you guys haven't seen if you have amazon prime and you haven't seen sneaky pete go watch it so but that good. man is an incredible actor and he brings such a grounded realism to even the most wacky characters. And he always gets put in wacky characters like Phoebe's brother on friends. Like he gets the weird parts, Mm. but he brings such a down to earth grounded, like whole like character feel to them. It's just, they feel like real people every time. And that's because he's, he's so talented. And I was, had no idea he was in this movie and I was very excited that he was in it. And also how, how good his part was for him. Yep. Definitely. He nailed it. Totally agree. Absolutely. His like that scene where he like breaks down in the tow truck was like, I was floored. Yeah. Yep. It was incredible. Yep. 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 Okay. Andrew, what did you think? Did it work for you? All right. Um, I have some notes. A lot of this stuff I agree with the two of you. I will say for me, this movie falls into a very bizarre Venn diagram. These two overlapping mm. circles are, it's a good movie, and then also, it's a boring movie. Because I mm. was not, I did not feel that, I did not necessarily feel a lot of that tension that, that you both had described. Like, this is billed as a thriller. Or a suspense movie, like whatever you want to call this. And for me, like I'm, th- I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, I'm like, it was probably Greg Kinnear. It was probably Greg Kinnear. Like all these things that you're seeing, mm-hmm. all these things, and it's a Sam Raimi situation. So I'm like, all right, let's see where he's going to take us here. The only time I felt real tension in this movie was the scene where the dad is tied to the chair and there's a canister of gasoline. And I was like, holy shit, what is going to happen here? <laughs> like that was, that was a great scene. Oh my God. Yeah. That was, that was nuts. 
So yeah. that I felt I was like that part of the movie really I I was like wow I'm I'm in this. But for the most for the rest of it I was like I'm sitting here admiring the performances more than the story necessarily. I could I could say that. I agree this this whole thing hinges on in my opinion Kate Blanchett and Giovanni Ribisi, right? And they mm-hmm. are mm-hmm. I think that those two characters are two sides of of a coin, right? So you have Kate who is she's playing like a genuinely good-natured person mm-hmm. who is like continually fighting to, like to keep this darkness at bay. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side you have Giovanni's character Buddy who is total darkness kind of but there's a good-natured person in there somewhere, right? Like mm-hmm. he's breaking down the whole movie. Like it's just a con- a series of breakdowns for him. So I thought that the the foil that those two characters had was was really really nice. Keanu was great in this. It was and it's really weird. Like Ev, I'm right there with you. It's it's weird. It's weird to say that because like two movies in a <laughs> row we've watched him be this the the antagonist and yep last. last time he did like an admirable job but that the watcher had like a lot of other problems that had nothing to do with keanu i think just sure it that brought the whole situation down i really liked him in this like Mm -hmm. not the character clearly but oh what a performance it was yeah definitely he brought a lot of energy to it yeah like more than we're i think more than sometimes we're used to he he tends to play it cool and like reserved and this was nice to see him get in people's face you know Mm -hmm. and what you said about the characters like the other characters because this is truly like an ensemble thing and in the south right they they feel more three-dimensional i my worry going in was that we um it it almost felt like a little tropey at first because you have like the you know like when you think of these types of Southern Gothic films, like you maybe have like a battered wife and like a skeptical sheriff. And like, there's this working class guy. He's like, he could be a lawyer or a chef, a mechanic, whatever. You're like, Oh, okay. But all of these people felt like truly authentic. I really, really liked mm-hmm. it. They, they did not lean into the trope. They, they made it all their own. Mm-hmm. I don't know about the two of you. I got some serious Cape fear vibes from this movie, which is like a big compliment that I can give it. Like, Especially the parts where Keanu was kind of like stalking the Kate Blanchett character at mm-hmm. parts. I was like, ooh, this is this is kind of cool. This is kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the kind of tension that I, I was talking about specifically was like the Keanu Reeves Kate Blanchett tension. Yeah. More so than the the murderer tension. Like I said, as soon as her body gets pulled out of the lake and we go to trial, I don't think the movie's nearly as good anymore. Yeah, I can uh, I can get I can get behind that. Once the once that we're, threat we're is taken away. We're in a courtroom and it's and it's become a murder mystery and the murder mystery part is not anyone who's involved's forte as far as writing or directing or whatever. Like hmm. when it was much more supernatural, what's going on? Where is the girl? Who flashes of things and Keanu's trying to get her and we think that, you know, we he might kill her at any moment or her kids. Like, that part of the movie was great. If they had kept it to that instead of turning it into, like, a 
trial with a lawyer and a murder mystery and a the fiance did it kind of a thing I think it would have been a much better movie because all the performances were so great but that just kind of felt fell really flat but I think that the the Keanu stalking Kate Blanchett was very good yeah that feels yeah. that's the cinema sin we've seen twice now with Keanu when they go into a courtroom it's all over you've derailed the film <laughs> I, I, I I very much agree with that the some of the there were scenes that I really liked that worked. I didn't necessarily feel that they were tense, but I was like, damn, this is, this is something else. Like when the one kid is like going to run an errand for Kate Blanchett's character and Keanu Reeves pulls up alongside in the mm-hmm. truck and he's like trying to, good oh, yeah. scene. but then Giovanni shows. And it, I was like, the whole thing was explosive. I, I really, really liked it. I have yep. two, I have two more thoughts. The one is just, I really liked the presentation of her powers. This kind of goes with what you said, Ev, about the, the special effects and stuff like that. I don't think they like, I don't, it didn't feel over the top, which is why mm-hmm. I think it still holds it up. It's very yeah. restrained. Right. Which is weird for Sam Raimi. I got to be honest. Yes. He's not a person. That's not a word people usually <laughs> say about him. Yeah. Restrained. Truly. So that was really nice. The other thing, and I want both of your opinions on this, because maybe this is just me. I feel like there was a lot of violence against women in this movie. Like so much so that like me, a white dude who has to actively try to like pay attention. I was like, it feels too much. Am I wrong? Like Kate got like, essentially she got strangled. She got punched in the stomach. She was uh, almost murdered. We start off with a shot of uh, Hillary Swank. Who's, who's had the, the just beaten up a whole lot. Boy, was that good makeup. That was painful to look at. Yeah. It the, was. The eye yeah. was like, oh my God. And then the lip is, yeah. yeah. I don't know. It felt a little excessive. Hopefully, right? Hopefully <laughs> yeah. it's excessive. <laughs> um, unfortunately, it's like super hard to know, but <clears throat> I don't remember feeling like, uh, and this is probably just a sad, sad representation of society, but I don't remember feeling like this is, this is more than what's out there. For me, it was believable, which is awful. Um, it was definitely a lot, and I obviously don't uh, enjoy watching that. But yeah. I also feel like um, it really sort of it really sort of helped to to put a spotlight on how hard a life she's living because she wants to do the thing that's right. Yeah. Okay. In that she gets the shit beat out of her and so does the only other woman we ever really see. Um, it just kind of in, in, increases the, like, this woman has a hard life. Yeah. And um, I think if there had been violence against one other woman in this movie, other than obviously the victim, but it's a murder mystery. Someone's got to die. There's got to be violence there. Right, um, yes. If there had been violence against a fourth woman, I would have immediately b- turned the movie off. I would have just stopped, no matter how good it was, no matter having to talk about it on the podcast, because yeah. then it's literally every woman that's on screen. In the case that it was, it was a lot, but also Sam Raimi has a lot of violence against women and a lot of stuff he does. Also, that's what I was going to say, yeah. He has a track record of that, so... So I think that that in this particular case, it always bothers me, um, especially with the wife, the battered wife, and just how, oh, that was hard to watch. Yeah. Yep, definitely. I think the redeeming, 
if there if there's something to take away from from that that is like a redeeming quality just going off what you said it's like the women are the main characters of this the guys all are backseat to the women who are very smart and and capable in this movie they figure it all out the guys are just along for the ride which is yeah, yeah that's which true. is good so i just it was it, it's worth noting that it's kind of like there's a lot of violence against women all of the violence in this movie is against women. Right. I think mm. it was maybe just that punch in the stomach that, like, I was like, really? Did we? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that. That's true. That was a surprise. There were, like, six people on the way between Keanu and her, right? And none of them stopped mm-hmm. this guy. So uh, that, that just felt that just felt a little over the top. But overall, I like this movie. Again, yeah. it, it fit into this weird thing where I was like... I'm here for these performances and the story is okay. But the performances are out of this goddamn world. Everyone <laughs> delivered. It's honestly, it's shocking to me that I uh, found this movie as, as middling as I did, considering that every single person did a good job. Likewise. Greg Kinnear did a great job. Yeah. J.K. Simmons did a great job. Like everybody in this movie crushed it. And that's the only thing that, that carries the movie. Um, yep. But I honestly think everyone crushed it so hard that it feels like it, they should have even it should have even carried them more. Right. That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, if you only had three of these performances, that's like I, I don't know. I don't know what wrong for me personally, but I'm like, damn, I've seen stories with worse movies. But like one performance stood out. But I don't know yeah. what made that one like go higher on my list than this. It's just so weird. But. Overall, it's it's good. It's good. Yeah. It's like very Definitely. middle for me, but that's that's that. All right. Do we have anything else? Is that it? We're good? We covered it all? I think it's time to broadcast to the universe. <laughs> Let me fire up the satellites That's here. an interesting way to put it. <laughs> broadcast to well, the universe. Well, aliens Aren't are we waiting. already doing that? Yeah, but like we're gonna turn up the dial. Yeah, <laughs> these do. Okay, go crank to it to eleven. <laughs> Just work with me, Whitney. God. All right, here we go. Interstellar favorite. I get where you're going, Ev. <laughs> you know, I I got it too. Pop quiz, asshole. There was a time when I had the need to learn from you. Oh, what the hell do you know? Lose. I don't lose. I win. Got a lot to learn about sportsmanship. Pop quiz assholes, a very unquizzo show where the host, in this case, Ev, asks the contestants each three questions worth one point. If one of us gets it wrong, the other player has a chance to steal. Ev can add bonus questions worth a point value of his choosing if he has them. Do you? There are two. Holy smacks! All right. Alrighty. <laughs> last week, last week, last week's episode, I stopped counting because of the Baldwin hole, but I've calculated the points. <laughs> Whitney nabbed four and Ev got one. So the current yes. scores are as follows. Whitney has 60. Good God. Ev has 38 and I have 35. So I got to make some moves. Oh boy. Yeah. I'm feeling, I'm feeling bad about myself. Let's do this thing. Andrew, you're first, right? I'm ready to be correct. Here we go. Okay. Whose mom is this movie based on for her psychic abilities? What? Is it A, Billy Bob Thornton, 
B, Katie Holmes, or C, Robert Zemeckis? The director, Robert Zemeckis? Correct. Who's directed this? Wait, what? No. What? No, hold on. Sam Raimi directed this. Um, no, the, uh, you're right. Sorry, I was looking at something else. My my apologies. (laughs) I just threw myself off. Thank you. You scared me. Continue. So my guess, I'm going to, I'm going to go with Billy Bob. Woohoo! Easy one. Wait, where did, where did I see Zemeckis? (laughs) What are you talking, what? It's for your other podcast. That that never happens to me here, except for the one time where I wrote down someone's name wrong and called them the wrong name the whole entire time. Because it just while I was taking my notes live in my head, I mixed up names and then I felt like a real douche afterwards. Guess what? (laughs) The audience will never know because I edited it out. It's all gone. It's all lost to time. I know. It's amazing. It's incredible. (laughs) Oh my gosh! How that happened, I don't know. It's fine. It was so fun. I don't. I don't know where I got to. You're really looking out for me there. (laughs) This is gonna make me upset. Um, Okay. (laughs) All right, Whitney. Yes. What kind of cards is Annie Wilson using to perform the readings? Oh. Are they a tarot cards? B Zenner cards? Or C, geomancy cards. Uh, they're Zenner cards. You did it! Whitney knows stuff. They use those to test ESP. That's true. Uh, you knew that. I, I've never been tested for ESP, if that's what you're wondering. But <laughs> no, like anytime you've seen in a movie where there's like one person in front of glass and another person on the other side of the glass and there's cards and it's like, what am I looking at? It's never like a deck of regular playing cards. It's always like the X and the square and the circle. And um, I noticed that specifically in this movie because I was like, why is she telling fortunes with a, 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 an ESP huh. testing deck? Yeah. Nate. Yeah, I thought that was cool. That's pretty wild. Well, good job. Um, All right. Andrew, kind of going off of the last question, it could be any deck of cards, aside from like playing cards, but they have to represent four elements have to be present in order to give a reading. What are those four (laughs) elements? This is not multiple choice. Okay. Uh, I'm going based off of my video game, my vast video game knowledge here. So, <laughs> oh, good. Uh, earth, air, fire, and water. Yeah! <laughs> Thank you, Final Fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> so you can the the idea being you can assign any symbol you want to any of the elements. You just have to know what they are. That's fun. Which is kind of cool. The only one I noticed for her cards was was clearly one was clearly water, like yeah. waves, kind of. But yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't. The other ones was like a square. I guess you could. That's like whatever she wants it to be. That's cool. It did kind of seem weird because one was like weird three wavy lines, and the other two were just like block shapes. Pretty much, one was a diamond and at a square or something. But it's cool. And a plus sign, I think there was or a cross. Um. Okay. Great work, Whitney. Yes. What other movie was Sam Raimi working on while directing this movie? Hmm. Is it A, Spider-Man, B, The Grudge, or C, For Love of the Game? What? Weird. 
All of those are weird. I'm trying to picture the timeline of those movies in my head, and I cannot. Like, I cannot in my head. There's nowhere where, like, Spider-Man in relation to For the Love of the Game. <laughs> right. Oh, there's like weird. <laughs> uh, but Son I of a bitch. But I think I'm going to go with... Spider-Man 2002? I'm going to go with Spider-Man. Woo. Never bet that against was by the skin Spider-Man. Of my teeth, you guys. Yeah, it was good. Oh man. Okay, Andrew. All right, here we go. How long did it take to shoot this movie? Oh. Was it A six months, B eight weeks, or C one year? Oh, fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to... Here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to give a little bit of a justification. I'm going to say it. Sam Raimi, up until he got these big, huge trilogies, right? He's a pretty scrappy guy. Yeah, he's kind of a running gunner. Yeah, I'm going to go eight weeks. Whitney, we are doing it. We are actually... This is a very good round of trivia. Holy shit. Uh, Ev, nicely done. Yeah, uh, or I suck at it. No. These are great. These are great <laughs> questions. All right. Whitney. Don't break the streak. Oh, great. No, no additional pressure. <laughs> um, so while researching this role, Kate Blanchett went to an actual fortune teller. Mm-hmm. What did this fortune teller say to Kate Blanchett while she was researching? So what oh. was what was her mm-hmm. fortune? Was it A to give up acting? B. <laughs> To marry Keanu, or C, to get a bodyguard. What? Well, luckily she didn't follow uh, the advice of don't keep acting. Yeah. Um, (laughs) What the hell? That's shitty advice, if it's true. It is shitty advice. Also, marry Keanu is weird advice. The most practical advice is bodyguard, so I'm just going to go with that. Yeah! (laughs) Oh my god! I thought for sure I was wrong on that one. When you're talking about what a fortune teller says, going with the most logical uh, advice is not usually like a good tactic. But how how freaked out would you be if you got that fortune? Like, oh, okay, great. I guess I should get a bodyguard. I'm in danger. Man, do you know like how... As an actor, everything you do, you're like, oh, am I doing the right thing? If you go to a fortune teller and they're like, you should probably stop acting. What bullshit would that be? No, no. That would be. We would have lost out on so many great Cate Blanchett roles after the fact. That gets in your head, man. It does. It does. Yeah. Nicely done. You you forget your line in the next movie and you're like, oh, maybe I should listen to that. As we all know, they're all money laundering schemes anyway, as Whitney <laughs> sure. told us. So, According to movies. You can't, you can't trust a fortune teller at all. <laughs> okay, two bonus questions. All right. This is uh, whoever answers first gets uh, two points per. Whoa. Whoa. All right, I'm going to okay. start the music. Are we ready? Okay, yeah. Yeah. The car that Annie drives in this movie is oh known as the classic what is the make of this car? As in, like saying Ford. Uh, Chevy. It's a Chevy. It is not. Um, 
You just named the only two American cars that I know. (laughs) 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 I don't know. I don't know. Andrew, anything else? Dodge. No, oh, not a dodge. dodge. Yeah. <laughs> That's not why. a dodge. <laughs> we don't need to do a, do- uh, a Plymouth. Is it a Plymouth? No. God damn it! How many <laughs> manufacturers are there? Uh, I, I, I got nothing. I have no idea. <gasps> Oldsmobile. Holy shit! Oh, she my did gosh. it. Nicely well done. done. Oh. If there had been a timer on that one, I would not have won. That's yeah, okay. That was close. Woo! There was a there was a timer in my mind, but it's all good. It was the uh, a 1973 Oldsmobile Delta 88. Ugh, classic. Yeah, but right. bad the doors don't stay closed though. Yeah, Door such problems. an easy fix. Second <laughs> question. Uh, speaking of the same vehicle. Oh. Which movie? Which movie franchise did it appear in its entirety? Every movie in the franchise has this car in it. Get out! Who's got guesses? Is wait what? Yeah, every movie in this franchise has this car in it. I'm gonna say The Godfather. That's a great guess, but no. That is a great guess. God damn it! <laughs> uh, <laughs> um. I'll give a hint that it is in the universe of the movie that we watch now. Spider-Man. No. <laughs> in the universe? universe? Of the movie we just watched. Well, that really throws me off because I didn't know this was in a universe. Oh, it's a movie that they watched in this movie is what I'm hearing from that. <laughs> Because there was like stuff on television, and I wasn't paying attention oh. like an asshole the whole time. We talked about this. No clue. No clue. I don't watch the world within the world. I pass. <laughs> she passes. Andrew, anything? No idea. Uh, no. Uh, no. I got nothing. Evil Dead. It is in every <laughs> Evil Dead movie. God damn it! Evil Dead. That makes so much sense. Sam Raimi. That's so close with Spider Man. It was just the wrong trilogy. You kind of were, actually. Yeah. Son I was getting bitch. worried. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It's like, man, on that train of thought, it would be his very next guess. Right. But I For really sure. fudged the bucket. All right. <laughs> great. That was wow. that was good stuff. Yes, it was. Holy. That was great. Really, really great. Nicely done, Ev. Yeah. The uh, the trivia was 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 pretty good for this. Obviously. Hopefully that's the case going forward. I'm looking at our next couple movies here. And I think we're, we're in for some, some good stuff. So mm. that was, uh, that was pop quiz. The points are as such now, Whitney tearing it up five points, moving up to 65. And, Ooh. uh, I Hell got three, yeah. which brings me to 39. I'm now in second place again Damn it. until next week. <laughs> when the Evan battle and I continues battle for last place as it were. <laughs> so awesome. <sighs> I think it's time to do a deep dive. I had a dream that you told us all about this movie, Ev. Did you really? Does that mean your dream's coming true? I don't know. <laughs> well, I guess we'll find out. Okay. Evan well. has disconnected. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bye. <laughs> uh, in Andrew style, I'm going to take a page from his book and do the Wikipedia plot. Yeah, it's probably good. It's good, though. I yeah. think it'll be nice. But obviously, feel free to fill in... 
the holes. Um, okay, so we are in the town of Brixton, Georgia. And um, it is actually very obvious through this movie that it's in the South. I think they did a good job of kind of like yes. uh, maintaining very Southern vibes. Yeah. The trees, those those the, trees you can only yeah. get in the South. Yeah. I've noticed those the immediately. Spanish moss. And the, That's it. Yeah, the Don't Spanish touch that moss stuff. and the like, uh, what is it? The wisteria? Is that the drapey yeah. plant that's like Spanish moss, but it has flowers? Yeah, purple flower on it. Yeah. Definitely. Um, nailed it. So uh, the widow, Annie Wilson, played by Kate, Kate Blanchett, uh, is a resident fortune teller. And uh, Jessica King, played by Katie Holmes, is the fiance of a local school teacher, Wayne Collins, played by Greg Kinnear. Um, and Jessica ends up disappearing. Now, Annie receives a vision revealing that Jessica has been killed and that her corpse was thrown into a pond. That's pretty much all there is. Um, and so Annie takes this to the police like any good citizen. The local sheriff, Pearl Johnson, played by Mr. J.K. Simmons. Um, and despite him being a skeptic all around, Johnson ends up searching a pond uh, at the home of Donnie Barksdale our nope, can't say hero. Our um, <laughs> favorite Our person, Keanu yeah. Reeves. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Donnie Barksdale is a, a very violent person. Um, he is the husband of one of Annie's clients, played by Hilary Swank. That character's name is Valerie, and um, he's just generally awful. Mm-hmm. Uh, he play, he's he's wife beater. He's just a not a good person at all. Um, and really will take out his aggression on whoever's in front of him. Yeah. So um, he had actually previously threatened Annie and her kids um, f- because Annie had advised Valerie to leave him because he's awful. He beats her up and we talked about the makeup and it's really terrible. So he hit her with razor wire. Oh, yeah. That's just next level. Yeah. What a. Oh, oh my God. I mean, that's worse than barbed wire. Like, they found the worst kind of wire. <laughs> Ugh. I hate it. Um, yeah. So every right for Annie to kind of... And she wasn't, like, get out... She wasn't super aggressive about it. She's just like, dude, think about yourself. Yeah. And, like, you don't have to do this anymore. So Valerie, Donnie's wife, uh, allows the sheriff to search Donnie's property and ultimately Donnie's pond... Uh, while he's not there, he was, I don't know, fishing or something. Yeah. Um, and he returns while the search is proceeding. Uh, he comes screaming back uh, to the house in his giant 1983 Chevrolet K10. Just classic. <laughs> um, up all jacked up and everything's great. And um, so he gets back and he's all angry. He's like, What are you doing on my property? Y'all are the worst. And he sees Annie there, and he's, this is when, as Andrew was referencing, when he punches her in the gut, and it's just like everyone feels it that's watching this movie. Yeah. Uh, it was actually really well, like, choreographed and acted by her. Um, but the, the police end up finding the corpse in the pond, and Donnie's, like, immediately arrested. So they, they're really just kind of connecting the dots here that this is Donnie's pond, Donnie has threatened people, Donnie likes to hurt women and there's a dead woman in his pond connect the dots. So, um, during the trial for the murder, uh, it's actually revealed 
that Jessica and Donnie had an affair. Um, and Donnie is actually ultimately convicted and, and sent to prison. So this is where you start to kind of realize like, oh, they're going to turn this. Well, at least me being yeah. someone who's not smart, I guess. Um, <laughs> There's 30 minutes of the movie left. There's <laughs> <Right>. no way. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we start to learn more about Giovanni Ribisi's character. His name is Buddy Cole, who's a friend of Annie's. Um, and he has this very deep seated hatred for his father, right. That, that has, uh, very much affected him into his adult life. He's very broken. He's very mentally unstable. Um, and he's trying to kind of open up about this to Annie and Annie in the beginning is actually trying to get him to talk about it as well. Um, but at this moment, Annie's a little bit preoccupied at this point in the movie because, um, she had been getting threatened and she had been having more visions about Donnie actually maybe not being the killer. So she's like kind of losing her shit a little bit. Um, and so she's like, buddy, listen, I mean, you're my friend and I love you, but like, I can't do this right now. I need some me time. Like I'm, I'm losing my mind. And that just happens to be really bad timing for buddy. So, um, that evening we end up getting, uh, Annie ends up getting a call from buddy's mom to come over to Buddy's house, like, immediately, uh, because Buddy has, like, actually lost it, and he has his, his, Buddy has his father bound to a chair. He's, like, duct taped to a chair, and he's just beating the shit out of this guy with, like, a belt or something similar. Um, some implement that looks like it hurts like hell yes. when you're hit with it. <laughs> like, it, so it I looks will so say bad. The, the one place where I feel like this, um breakdown has kind of skipped over like that was important to the story development was that um this kid was clearly upset and disturbed from like the moment we see him for the first time he's mm -hmm. yeah got a lot going on and she's doing a reading with him about his dad that is essentially just therapy she's just doing therapy and yep. he won't talk about his dad and he won't think about his dad and he won't remember any memories about his dad. And she's like, well, I can't fix you if you're not going to deal with this. So you got to do some work on your own. I can help you, but you've got to, you know, figure out why your dad is the, the center of all of this. Right. Yeah. And then he, in doing so, realizes that he was abused. Yeah. Right. As, as a young child. And so I just I think it's important because of how the story winds up and, and with her feeling like she wasn't there for him as he realizes this. He like runs up to her at the courthouse and she's like, I can't deal with this. I'm dealing with the trial and kind of shoves him off. And then he goes off on his own. And next thing you know, he's beating his father strapped to a chair. Um, and it's she feels guilty for that later on. Um mm -hmm. But I, I think that, that it's was, just. Oh, just building off what you said. <clears throat> I think that was really well done how they led us to that conclusion. Because the whole movie, he's talking about this blue diamond. And you're like, what is he yeah, talking about? Right. Mm -hmm. yeah, and then yep. very clearly during this scene, we see that his father has a blue diamond tattooed like on his lower, like. like His belly button. Basically. Yeah, like around his belly. Yeah, around his belly button area. And you're like. You just connect the dots. You're like, Ugh. like that. Like, oh yeah. It was, it was, I think that was, it wasn't super overt, but like 
as soon as you see the diamond, you're like, got it. Now I know what's yeah. going on. Now I know why this and, kid is is very troubled. What was the mantra about the blue diamond? I'm trying to remember what he actually said. He said the first time times. he brings it up, he says, if I look into the blue diamond and I'm thinking negative thoughts, will I die? Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. And oh, then, man, that's heavy. And then at the courthouse, he says something about looking into the blue diamond is going to cause negative thoughts. And yes. up until that point, Kate Blanchett had been saying, like, you're not going to die. But here she turned it to, you're not going to have bad thoughts when you look into the blue diamond. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, no, you're definitely going to have bad thoughts when you look into the blue diamond. <laughs> yeah, right. That's like the one time that she was saying something that wasn't part of her gift to like blow him off so she could worry about her own self. Yep. Yep. Ugh. Ugh. So, um, yeah, Buddy is is whooping his ass and then ultimately douses him in gasoline and sets him on fire. Um, and if that's the moment where they like really punch in on the blue diamond. Yeah. Um, and buddy is, is actually arrested, but ultimately taking to a, like a psych ward mental hospital. Uh, and the, they show the dad actually being ambulant. So he theoretically survives. Um, Later on, Annie receives another vision, uh, ultimately divulging that Donnie is is innocent. Um, and so she goes to the, the main prosecutor from Donnie's uh, trial, played by Gary Cole, character David Duncan, uh, to, to try and plead with him to reopen the case. Um, and, and Whitney, to your point, this was where they really started to introduce him as like potentially the guy. And I thought yeah. they nailed it. Um, because it, he's a very believable villain too. <laughs> and so that was like really well done. Um, we also saw like earlier in the movie, they were having it. He was having an affair with Jessica also. Like she's, you know, it seems like she sleeps around a lot, even though she's engaged yeah. with, uh, I'm space. Greg Kinnear. Kinnear. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, she's going behind his back quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and so actually Annie brings that up after he's like, no, I'm not reopening this. It was like a super easy case. And she's like, well, uh, you might want to think about that because I saw you and Jessica getting frisky uh, and I'm going to talk. Basically was what she was like suggesting. Mm -hmm. And so Duncan's like, well, I'll give you money. And she's like, no, 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 no. I just want you to figure out who the real murderer is. Um, which was interesting, right? That like they really leaned in on like how great of a person Annie is. Yeah. Strong moral hates, compass. <laughs> yeah. She hates this Donnie guy and he's literally in jail right now. Best place for him to be. And she's like, no, he should, he shouldn't be in there. So um, what ends up happening is that Annie tells um, Wayne and Donnie, uh, Wayne that, that Donnie is not responsible for Jessica's death. Right. And so, um, this, and ultimately she's like, Duncan's not going to reopen the investigation. So, um, Wayne, by the way, being from the beginning, Greg Kinnear at Wayne's suggestion, he and Annie drive out to the pond. So he's basically trying to say, well, maybe we can use your vision again to figure out who did it. And so if we take you to the place where it happened, maybe you'll like get the vision. 
this was right around where I started to determine that Greg Kinnear. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Wait a minute. It's a I rainy it. night and they're alone together. Uh-oh. Right. Out in a pond. Yeah. So um, what this was actually really cool. This whole scene, there's almost like a war within Annie's mind about who it is. And yeah. so we're, we're getting like every character. We're getting Buddy. We're getting, uh, you know, the prosecutor. We're getting Wayne. And all of their faces are almost being like superimposed over each of the scenes mm-hmm. be like, oh, well, it could have been Buddy or it could have been Wayne. And, and it's wild. Yeah. Um, and so they, it, it's like at the very end, they're still trying to confuse you. So um, she ends up determining that Wayne is the murderer. And there's this like total change in her demeanor where she's like, I got to get the hell out of here. Uh, <laughs> yep. Uh, this is not great. And so Wayne ends up kind of catching on to this and he's like, he starts to tell his side of the story. Right, that he found out that Jessica was cheating on him with Donnie. A lot. A lot. <laughs> All the time. Um, and basically, you know, they get in like a confrontation. You go, know, pretty classic story. Uh, and he tries to kill Annie by hitting her in the head with a very large flashlight. Yeah. Um, and this is stopped moments before impact. Um, by Buddy, who knocks him out, knocks out Wayne. This was, um, I thought, you know, there's there's those moments in movies where things are about to happen. And you're like, okay, go ahead, stop it. Somebody's going to interject. <laughs> this didn't really have that for me. Like, somehow they made that moment just long enough to make it believable that she was actually going to get, like, killed. Yeah, I think it, it held for long enough where it was like, oh. Yeah, like, oh, my God, this might actually happen. But then there's, like, Buddy's hand grabbing his wrist and saving the day. Um, And Annie and Buddy put Wayne in the trunk of Annie's car. Now, um, Buddy ends up helping her stop the bleeding on her head with a handkerchief that she had given him earlier because his was, like, all nasty from working on cars, Um, which was a nice little moment. And they Mm -hmm. drive to the police station and Annie's like, listen, buddy, awesome what you did. But like, you got to go back to the mental hospital. Like you can't run. And she's like, stay in the car while I go get the police. That shot of them, like moving away from the car with him looking out the glass was like unbelievable. Yeah, it was really great. (laughs) The look on his face was crazy. Like I couldn't even assign it an emotion. Yeah, there was nothing happening. It's like, it was (laughs) almost like an Uncanny Valley video game character where, like, you're like, it almost doesn't look like a person. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Totally. He's just so, he's so good at that blank look. Um, Uh, So really, And and in this, in this moment where she's like, you got to go back, you can't run, et cetera. He tells her that she's like the heart of this town and she's got to keep doing what she's doing. And, and there's a lot of like, I forgive you for not being there for me when I was breaking down. Um, you're the only friend yeah. I ever had in this town, et cetera, et cetera. There was a lot of like emotional resolution between him and her. And then she walks into the cop, the police station. Yeah. And as you might guess, when she gets back to the car, buddy is gone. Poof. Um, and so then Annie explains to Pearl 
the uh, the sheriff. Great name. <laughs> yeah, actually, really great. Um, what had happened at the pond, and Pearl is like, listen, all of this makes sense except for the part about Buddy, because he is dead, and he actually took his own life earlier today at the mental hospital. So now, I mean, the, the movie's over, right? But I didn't, I was lost. Like, wh- where did your minds go for what actually happened? Ghost. A ghost. Well, I mean, that's the, the whole thing is he gave her a handkerchief. Yeah, so how could he be a ghost? That she had given him earlier. And she still had it in her pocket after the sheriff said he died at 6 p.m. I mean, not to mention that someone stopped a guy from hitting her in the face. Well, but she has so many visions in the whole movie. It's like what is real and what is not. She's not sure until it happens. So I Mm -hmm. feel like that she could have easily done it herself and um, imagined that it was Buddy if it was like unresolved conflict. But the handkerchief thing that she has... Proves that it, he gave it to her because it's in her pocket. She didn't have it before and she has it now. And it does not go away after she is told that he is dead. Yeah. So clearly that's some sort of supernatural thing where he was a corporeal presence in that he could <laughs> take a handkerchief out of his pocket and hand it to her and she could still have it later. Yeah. And did they ever show Wayne getting out of the trunk? No. No. But they, mm. it was, it was mentioned like. He confessed to the whole thing, or, yeah. or it was like it was just like a line about oh, that's it right. that Pearl said. He's like, yeah, that. he basically said everything you did was true, or whatever. Except that, yeah, again, he didn't see Buddy. He can't remember. So, I'm, I'm going with Swayze, Swayze Ghost on this one. So, <laughs> he was able to pick okay. things up. He was able to appear and stop people, do stuff. It was awesome. Yeah, and so was Casper. <laughs> so there's fair some, enough. There's some logic. There's logic. Um. Yeah. So that that wraps the movie. Great movie. I just gotta say, this is just a small thing. I didn't. I want to mm. say it in case it was part of trivia. I love mm. that Sam Raimi continued to use J.K. and even Aunt May was her grandmother. Aunt May from the Spider-Man movies. That was her grandmother in this movie. I was like, oh, it's Aunt May. I recognized her immediately. It was pretty cool. Whoa! Totally didn't catch that. Yep. The, That's it, awesome. Because there's only it's only like a. 15 second scene or whatever where she like appears as like pretty much like what buddy you know like she shows up out of nowhere and oh grandma you're not supposed to be here whatever that was my that's my only thing about it potentially being a ghost because earlier in the movie she's hanging laundry grandma appears i think she actually hands her something right Uh, like a a, what was oh it was fruit or something it was yeah but i can't uh, remember actually if she turned around and actually had the fruit in her hands or not that's the only thing i'm fuzzy about but same kind of situation here she can maybe communicate with the other side or invoke them somehow i have no idea i'm talking out of my ass however she's a medium yeah to some degree what were they persnips or something (laughs) is that even a fruit no vegetable that's like there's close to that. What are they called? Even and there's <laughs> I think it was parsnips then. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a real parsnips vegetable. are like that's... white carrots. Mm, sign me up. That's not what she was holding though. No, they look more like peaches. I, yeah, I thought there was like a tangerine or something. I have no idea, but that 
Persnips. I'm into it. <laughs> <laughs> if we didn't Persnips. name these up, ep- if we like pulled the title of our episodes, not from the movies, but from things we said, that would this be episode would be called Persnips. Sure. Absolutely. Pers- for sure. Boy, you guys, we are really due for a reckoning. Why? My rankings are all bollocked up. I mean, look at my list. So. I don't, I can't, I, I, I don't even want to talk about Evan's list. How did Little Buddha end up above Johnny Mnemonic and Chain Reaction? I would rather yeah, watch that's... Johnny Mnemonic and Chain Reaction in a heartbeat over Little we Buddha gotta, again. Yeah. yeah, I don't want to see Blue anyway, Seattle ever again. My point is, this movie just squeaks into my top ten. Whoa! Ooh. But only barely, and that will change as soon as I have a reckoning. Uh, I, wait, yeah, one, two, three, four, I've got it currently between point break and permanent record. And why is permanent record so high? Yeah. What is wrong? It's a great, that's a great film. So yeah, Whitney, you and I are in the same place. That's nine, right? Yeah. Number nine. Rad. Nice. What um, about you, Andrew? I'm putting it a little bit lower than the two of you. You could see right here where I'm going to drop it. Uh, just under Chain Reaction. What? This me. would definitely be under Chain Reaction and under Johnny Mnemonic if we, like I said, uh, it, it's only at number 10 because I would rather watch this than Permanent Record or Dracula or Little yeah. Buddha. But then I get down and it's like Johnny Mnemonic and Chain Reaction. I would totally watch those again. So I need to move those up. But like, it's above three that I would rather, like, I would rather watch this than Permanent Record, Dracula, or Little Buddha. So that's why it is where it is. But it'd probably be Tune closer to 15 if it were me. Tune in tomorrow's in nine for you, Andrew? I fucking love that movie. I can't <laughs> help it. I don't even know was, why. I told you a hundred times. I can't explain it. There's just some kind of charm about it. It was not a great movie, but it no. was, there was something about it. Talk about a movie mm. that had, like... Maybe one good performance and just a story that was like, okay. And I don't oh know why. God. This movie had like nine great performances and I, I can't put it above Tune In Tomorrow. I can't do it. Okay. Like I physically That's can't fine. put it there. I feel great. I honestly feel great about my current top 10 as it it's is. It's pretty good. Except a, for Tune In Tomorrow. There's a reckoning that will happen in the middle of my list. I feel like the top 10 and the bottom five are exactly where they will stay forever. But yeah, that my, middle my part. top ten, my top five, I'm very solid on. Yeah, mm. my like five through ten is not so good right now and needs to be fixed. <laughs> my bottom ones are always going to stay my bottom ones. I think. Yeah, you know what? I, we all said that when after we watched One Step Away, and probably for like a, a, lot, a lot of movies after One Step Away. However, One Step Away is no longer. A few At the of our, for any fu- of us. Yeah. yeah. So you know, uh, just keep that in mind. That's all. <laughs> that that bottom five. That's like a. That's actually a special place. Truly, it is a special place. <laughs> I think it's actually a more special place than the top five. Sure, the top five are going to be if probably what you think they are. Like, with, there's going to be some variation there in terms of where things go. But I think that Even top five top is going to be pretty. Like, pre- when you talk about Keanu Reeves and your top 10 movies, like The Matrix, Speed, yep. Yep. all the John Wicks once we get there, Bill and Ted, <laughs> like those are obviously going to be in your top 10. That's not yeah. surprising to anybody. No. The Replacements. 
The Watcher. God, I can't believe The Watcher is in your top ten. You can't give me shit about Tune In Tomorrow when you have The Watcher higher than that. I just realized that. Oh, my God. Wild. Reckoning. Buck wild. <laughs> you just toss it any. Uh, this is Ev's game now. I know he's gonna like put. It's like my number, <laughs> my new number one movie is. Get this, guys. <laughs> Something's gotta give. Reckoning, reckoning, uh, and just <laughs> just yeah, change it. The reckoning. Twelve episodes from now. I understand. Next week, I don't. I've never heard of this movie. Oh, I'm really excited. Hold on mm. one second. We ranked our movies. Do we recommend The Gift as something oh. to watch? Just as a general yes, no? Yeah, I think so. Uh, like I said, I was right around the 50-50 mark, but I think I lean towards yes, just because right. the performances are good. I think that it's yeah. a it's a, a superlative Keanu performance. I think Kate Blanchett does really well. Giovanni Ribisi, as somebody who loves him, this is an incredible performance for him. So I think sure. that tips me over into yes, rather than just kind of being ambivalent. Agreed. Yeah, I'm I'm actually right there with you, Whitney. That the the performances in this, and to see what all of these people have gone on to do in their careers, also like everyone in this movie went on to do a lot more movies. It's not like this one thing that they're known for. They've gone on to have greater success after this, which is really great to see. So I'm, I'm there too. That's a recommend for me, all three of us. Ah, yeah. Go love it, it when that happens. Love it when that happens. And the rankings are done and all that good stuff. All right. Oh man, Whitney <laughs> next week. Yeah. Sweet We're November. Doing it. We're doing it. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. I don't know that. I don't know this movie. I only know of it. I've never seen this movie. Uh, as far as I could tell, just from box art, romantic comedy, I'm guessing Keanu and Charlize together. Uh, Whitney, do you do you know this one? Um, I've been thinking about that since we started recording this podcast because <laughs> I am very, very, very familiar with this movie, but I can't recall if I've ever actually watched it. I don't know if it's just like so much cultural awareness of this movie that I can picture a few images from it even, but those I think are all in the trailer. So I think that maybe I have not, but it's also totally possible that I have. We have a couple people that are, a couple of our uh, Twitter followers are super excited about this. Someone was actually just watching it tonight. It's actually pretty interesting. I think his, Keanu's character's name, I believe is Nelson. And mm. we're doing it in November, mm-hmm. and Whitney's leading the episode, so it's crazy serendipity. I just, Love like, it. I just like little things like that. It's great. But until then, Whitney, where can we find you on the internet? I am at Whitney underscore Nelson on pretty much everything, N-E-L-S-E-N. Uh, you could, that's Twitter, definitely uh, Instagram without the underscore um, but anyway, go to my Twitter. That's where all my podcasts are. Uh, Historical Hotties. We're about to record one that I think is going to come out right around the same time as this episode, which is going to be uh, agriculture. We're going to talk about the hottest mm. farmers. Oh, um, so check oh that out. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, we'll be talking about sexy farmers. So come by and check that out. And then I've got a bunch of other podcasts, too. They're all on my Twitter. You can find them there. Love it. Love it. 
Evan A. Cree Wells. Oh, yeah. Nailed it. Uh, where are you on the internet? I am on Instagram. Uh, at Evan Acree. That's spelled A-C-R-E-E. Um, and I'm on Twitter. But it's bad. And, uh... I'm on Untapped, in case you are interested in beers. <laughs> um... What else? What else? What else? Uh, I used to have a GeoCities website, but I think that's gone. <laughs> I used to have an Angel Fire website. Whoa! Guys, I was on Lycos! What the hell? <laughs> oh, man, we ran the gamut! That's fun. Oh. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much it, though. Whitney, I just want to say something. And In real life, yes. uh, I was doing a job last week where I film this job annually and someone came up to me at this job and Evan oh, just happened to be with me last year, not this time, but last year. And he actually brought up, he's like, Oh man, I follow Evan on untapped. He drinks a lot of beer. And I'm like, <laughs> I cannot believe that of all the things this person has to say to me, who hasn't seen me in a year, that he brings up Ev's untapped to me. He doesn't follow me on anything, this guy. Of course not. Of course oh, that's not. great. I love it. So I guess that there's an audience for that. I, I guess. Matter. <laughs> yeah. You well, matter. Good. So that's there good. it is. <laughs> if you wanted to follow me, on the internet. <laughs> you can do that at Dark Driving at most places. Check me out on Twitter and Instagram. That's where I'm the most active there. And then on YouTube, I'm getting back into the teaching of the filmmaking stuff. So that's very exciting. It's about time. It's good to get back into it. <laughs> so with all that, thank you all for joining us. And in the words of Bill S. Preston and Ted Theodore Logan, be excellent to each other and party on, dudes. Dudes.